Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everybody. We are here with a very special guest today, the one and only Jordan, the assassin of animals, all living things, <laughs> bud. <laughs> and she films, too. And she films. She can do it all. Thanks for having me on, fellas. <laughs> no problem. Were you, uh, so were you freezing your ass off last week or this week, it sounds like? Yeah, it was this last week. I was freezing my ass off. Um, I definitely should have just splurged and got the uh whitetail like bibs and stuff to sit in a tree stand because they're not very appealing i will say you look like not you because i've never seen you in them, but you look like maynard <laughs> the manny's former in bibs <laughs> but the, the thing is that that hoodie there she's wearing is brown but the actual whitetail stuff is blue the fleece stuff is blue i like, get it i like i like that that the elevated um but the fleece stuff's a little too blue for me but i yeah. do like that there I don't get it. Yeah. I have one set of the white tail pants. It's like, oh, I don't know. It's one of the lighter ones. It's like the mid-weight. Yeah. And it's like almost too white. Yeah. It looks it's like snow camo. bright. Yeah. 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 I was, we were talking about that because cooling loves the white tail stuff. And we didn't, with the fleece stuff, it, we seem to got picked off a little bit more with that than, mm. than other options. But, but I don't know. It's crazy warm. I, and yeah. it's well thought out for a white tail hunter. Just the color's not very, Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself because you, what, what do you actually do in the industry? I mean, I know, but just so everybody else does. Mm -hmm. Now I'm basically uh, all freelance in like production, so filming mostly and editing. I do take pictures too, um, but I don't really, I guess, call myself a photographer, I guess. I'm a videographer first and I just take pictures on my hunts and stuff, so document it and so everybody can see it, but I live in Northwest Nebraska now, um, back on our, basically our family ranch. And, uh, I run a little bit of outfitting stuff there just with the, the ground that we have since I moved back, I might be adding some leases to it and just trying to get it a little bigger. Um, but that and the production and then just kind of piecing some stuff together, a little bit of writing stuff as well for the industry and yeah, piecing stuff together now, but so you, what all you've been you've had a pretty good year. You started off slow, I think, and then yeah, super slow. Kicked it into gear. What to, <laughs> I, you hunted deer actually where we've hunted deer before. I you should have called me because I probably we could have helped out the learning curve a bit. But uh, I know, how man. did that go? Well, Our, uh, archery Colorado mule deer. I packed in and there was eighty seven people there. <laughs> one dude, like you weren't lonely. Yeah, I know, and it was funny because like one of our. One of like mutual buddy Cody Covey. Yeah, I like was sitting up glassing and I was glassing back down towards the trail and like above the trail. Um, that first evening I got in, which was like the day before season, and I like right at last light I see people coming up the trail and I like glass them and I'm like, oh my god, that looks like Cody. Yeah. So I texted him <laughs> and he's like, he's like, is that you sitting on the ridge? And I said, yeah. He's like, why the hell are there so many people in here? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That spot, that's why we quit. I'm assuming that we fucked that spot up by some photos, I guess, because it didn't used to be that way. Yeah. Um, it's not good now, which is why you didn't see me in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you, you got an elk recently, didn't you? Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Wyoming. I drew um, kind of a good elk tag. It took me, I don't know, a couple years to draw, I guess. So just uh, low draw, but there's a lot of a lot of elk in there. And yeah, I went in for 
I think I was in there for like seven days the first trip or eight days. And then I went back in there for, I went home and then I came back in and got it done on the second day. There was three days left of season, just a Thursday or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I got it done on Sunday or Saturday. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Cause I don't know where cool. we were, but you sent us both a picture at the same time and you said, never, this is my bull. Never, never fucking quit. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh shit, Jordan killed a tank. Uh, uh, did you have to pack that out by yourself? I did. It wasn't very far. I will say it was like half a mile from the truck oh, that's and awesome. all downhill. It was good. <laughs> I went, it was funny cause I went like two miles back back and I found a herd glassing like from the road but it was like the highways all the way down at the bottom and then you gotta make a pretty decent climb two mile it was like two miles in and there was a herd up at the very top of the basin and it just snowed and I got all the way up there and everything seemed to be all right and I was just gonna try to like go around this peak come up over the top and then just try to slip in and just wait for them to do something and like right as I thought that just all hell broke loose and there was like hunters running down ridges and the elk <laughs> were like fucking doing circles and came at me and I tried to cut them off and yeah it was just a bad deal and they all ended up going back down to the basin where they came from and although I think I saw five hunters and they all went in there after them just like following them mm-hmm. and uh so I was like screw this so I was like I'm just gonna go try to do a different spot try a little higher and I just started bailing off towards my towards my truck and got got pretty close, got to a little cliff, and I was like, oh, like I can't, um, I'm going to have to go around this. So I started going around it, and then there was just like eight cows and a bull that were just feeding. <laughs> and I just like snuck out on the edge of the cliff, and they fed right under me, and I shot him. How far? 71. Yeah. Did you get a good hit on him? Yeah, it was super good. He was a little bit quartering away and put it pretty much like right in the armpit pocket and got a pass through through his neck. And That's been happening a lot this year. Yeah, we've shot a few that done, have done that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. What's your, just because I'm sure we'll get asked, what's your bow uh-huh. setup uh, and arrow and everything? Yeah, I've got the Obsession Fixation this year. Um, switching it up a little bit. and uh, Frank, that's the bow you need to get is Fixation. <laughs> what is it? The obsession fixation. Oh. <laughs> I, don't under- I don't understand the joke here. <laughs> Neither do I, but I'm laughing. Uh, I, I'll have to. We'll talk laughing. about it later. <laughs> oh, and, good lord. Uh, arrows and the uh, Black Eagle Deep Impact with the uh, Grim Reaper Hades fixed blade on it. And it seems to be pretty good. I shot my deer last year at 65 with it, and it went past through both shoulder blades. So... Yeah, no, that's a good system. What yeah. side are you shooting? Uh, the Spot Hog, Tommy Hog. Yeah, like multiple pin or one pin? Yeah, I run it five pins, and then um, that bottom pin's my slider, so it's a pretty good setup. I was always kind of hesitant to go to the single pin just because, like, for elk or whatever, if you need to make an adjustment, you're just going to have to guess a little bit. Yeah, I got used to seven a long time ago, so now I get screwed up when I have less than that. But mm-hmm. yeah, what other what else hunt, what other hunts you got planned for this year? Um, on my way to Arizona right now for late season elk tag, and uh, yeah, I got. Did you draw that? Mm-hmm. I got lucky. I had a point already, but it was like seventeen percent draws and pulled that tag. And luckily, it's kind of it's in an area where I've filmed in before and kind of have some guiding friends. So they're going to help me out a little bit and at least point me in the right direction. And then let's go from there. Probably shoot him in some hell hole. <laughs> Are you going by yourself or? Mm, yeah. Yep. Good Lord woman. 
You're crazy. I know. So how old are you now? I'm 24. Dang, you're young. <laughs> so, so how, like what, because uh, you used to film for Best of the West, is that yeah. what it was? How yeah. long did you do that from when to when? Um, Pretty much four years. I just quit in the spring, so like 2017. Yeah, so 2013 to 2017 through that, pretty much. I uh, When I started with them, I would go to college in the spring, and then I would quit college in the fall and film for them. And I did that for two years, and then they offered me a full-time job, and I did that for two years and then um, bounced out this spring and moved back to Nebraska and kind of started doing my own thing. And it's a little scary without, you know, like a salary income anymore, but... It's better. Yeah. Have you been in poverty yet? Not really. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully my parents won't let me get quite to that point. It's kind of a unique thing a little bit because we have another house that's on the ranch. So I help them with the ranch stuff and then I kind of get the housing and stuff for free, I guess. Well, that's good. Free is a very good price. Yeah. Yeah. You guys get along (laughs) good then? Yeah, yeah, we get along super good, thank God. Yeah. How, now, how much land do they own? Mm, we're on about 7,500 acres. Yeah, and then how much um, are you leasing now for the hunting stuff? Um, not, uh, we're just running on 7,500 right now. Yeah, um, you're working on getting other ones? Yeah, kind of working on the lease, just trying to kind of wrap my head around the best way to do all that, I guess, get started in that. Do you have to deal with the Cabela's issue out there very much with them leasing all the land up? Or no. Not too bad. And, man, I bet with, I mean, since Bass Pro and Cabela's, like, merged, mm-hmm. those brand-new offices that are in Sydney are, like, vacant. Oh, they are? Yeah. There's, like, nobody in them. Wow. Hardly. I think there's a few people that stayed back. Um, but for the most part, um, I have a few – I had a few friends, like, in the Cabela's corporate world, and they – all had to move or like quit if they were going to stay in Sydney. They say that you can get some really wicked uh, goose leases and stuff super <laughs> cheap now because nobody's there to lease them anymore. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, I hunted out there, man, what was it? Dalton, maybe by Dalton? Yeah. Is Dalton not too far from you? Uh, it's like two and a half hours, probably. It's just north of Sydney, isn't it? We're three hours from Sydney. Yeah, it's not too far. I hunted near there, and that was a big problem with the Cabela's kind of leasing mm-hmm. up all the the land out there. So, but I, I'm kind of curious. I don't know how I'm not in the know with Cabela's because I've never been involved with them. Mm-hmm. How all that panned out with the, the the buyout and everything else. If there was any kind of like drastic marketing changes or what the hell happened, I, I don't know. I'm not really up on that. Yeah, the the I think the most hit that it's, I guess that places have taken or whatever is like the town of Sydney. Mm. Like there's people that. So that's where the moved. headquarters was. That's where the headquarters. Main yeah, headquarters. that's like where the original Cabela started was like downtown in a brick building in Sydney. Oh damn! And then they expanded it from there, and now it's there's I have, you know, just a few friends or whatever that are trying to get out from under houses and they can't, and mm. it just. Everything kind of tanked. What is what is Jordan Square to think of me and Frank? Does she like? Oh my God, or is she cool? Oh, she's super cool. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. think we're crazy. No, well, that's no, good. she's super cool. I she said to tell you hi. I just suck and forgot till now. I didn't realize when I was talking to you. Were you? Was I on the speaker? Uh, no. Cause okay, good. <laughs> no, it was it was raining. And my freaking cell phone earpiece is all messed up. So it, that's why this is probably why I kept saying what. 
What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, I got to think about ahead of time if I am on Bluetooth in the car because <laughs> um, I get going and say things I probably shouldn't say. No, she's, yeah, she's a good one. Yeah. How's that going anyway on it's a scale good. of one to 10? Um, we're at a, a 10 right now, I think. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's hard to say. Yeah, it's good. Um, Frank, where are we at? <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, oh, Lord. But uh, there was a bunch of questions about uh, that we did a Q&A because yeah. um, Frank lives with Amy and I. But it takes away when you say basement because he's got it better than I do because you got way more room than I do. I got to say that basement was bigger than any apartment I've had in Denver <laughs> by far. The last apartment I had was pretty pretty nice, but the basement's way better. It's bigger. It's, it's well, really it's not like an unfinished. I mean, it's hardwood floors and looks. I yeah. mean, it's decorated with. Sh- we had to move some shit out of it because she had too much stuff in there. But um, the uh, it works out pretty. I wish it was bigger. The garage is the only problem. There's so much fucking gear in the garage, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's good in the sense of pretty much everything we need's right there. Even though I'm missing my beanies. Don't look at Jordan. <laughs> tell, tell, the full, tell the full story. I gave you one of my beanies that I probably got from you originally. <laughs> and then I took, I took another one in return. But now, uh, I'm at, where's my primitive beanie? It's uh, I washed it and I hung dry it. Good. Hung that thing shrinks it. when, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super tight with my big melon. Yeah. I didn't take a beanie to Alberta or rain gear. Uh-huh. So, so he borrowed. I'm like, uh, can I get a Beanie? That was probably know, not a good idea. I know you've got two. <laughs> I always bring I bring two everywhere because uh, uh-huh. my head gets so cold. I get cold in general, but it works out good though. Um, we got three deep freezers. That's part of the problem why a lot of garage space is taken from. Mm-hmm. We could probably get rid of one now, but we'll need it again probably by the end of the year. Yeah, we consume man, how much? Five hundred pounds a year, maybe four hundred. Yeah, a lot of meat. Like we eat a lot. Yeah, never yeah. need to buy meat. Yeah, no, it's good, but yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like we, the freezer's full of my elk, and then I shot an antelope like just a couple weeks ago, just a little doe. And uh, I almost don't want to eat the elk. Like it seems like we're eating it too fast. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I don't want to run out of it. So I don't know. We just don't eat as fast. But those antelope backstraps were good. But man, we cut some of it up to make jerky. Mm -hmm. Not good. Oh, geez. No. Really? It, I took the first bite of it and I was like, okay, it's okay. And then it, it tasted like she smelled and I was like, oh shit, we're going to have to like mix this half and half with like beef or something and just to make it, I don't know what was up with that. Like it was super fast and just a dough, like not in sagebrush either. I, yeah. I usually have pretty good luck with antelope. They don't, I always think they smell like Fritos. The oh, chips. I've never got that. That'll make you not eat Fritos. <laughs> Every time I kill an antelope, I'm like, this little bastard smells like Fritos. I have not had the best of luck with antelope steaks. I've had one good mm-hmm. one. The rest I've just made into burger. Really? And I've had people tell me, man, I love it. And I'm like, God, man, I've not had good. Maybe I need to let it age more or something. Yeah, I've had I pretty good luck. I took like that whole, like just one loin and like butterflied it open and put like freaking cream cheese and Damn. just stuffed it with a bunch of shit. Just so I would think it was edible. Jordan really liked it. I was on the fence. <laughs> I'm still on the fence. <laughs> That's funny. It was funny like uh, where I went for that mule deer hunt. Dude, I saw like freaking four deer in my unit. 
That's it? Like seven days. Yeah, it sucked. I stocked two of them, and there were empty beds on both of them. One of them was gigantic. Yeah. There was, you can find, I mean, the problem with where you went is so accessible. It's part mm-hmm. of the problem. Where I killed mine, how long ago was that? Four years? In that area, I was eight miles north of oh, straight north. And so it's a bit to get in there and it's mm-hmm. a little more hidden. And it was crazy just because where the deer were when I got there, I couldn't find them. And I'm kind of panicking because I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have to go. I'm already a long ways. I'm going to have to go even farther. And mm-hmm. just by happenstance, there was kind of a hidden basin. We spotted one buck. And then next thing you know, we spotted 13. And I'm Jeez. like, oh, and two of them were crankers. Yeah. And uh, it's a spot you just wouldn't normally look and mm-hmm. panned out where I was able to end up getting one on the first day. And That's that's that spot. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, it's difficult, too, with – well, let's talk about that a little bit with people stealing other people's spots. Yeah. Where does the ethical line <laughs> is it drawn? We have one individual we were talking about early that, Frank, without mentioning names, tell the story slightly, <laughs> modify it if needed. I don't know if I want to modify it, but <laughs> um, a few friends of ours have a film coming out for elk hunting, and uh, they just so happened to hunt an area that another guy hunts, but they didn't get they didn't hunt the area because that guy hunts there. Just coincidentally, they both hunt that area. And um, <clears throat> that guy's been giving those guys a, a hard time because he's saying they're they're ruining the area for showing, basically for showing the film. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to put it, but um, the hypocrisy of it all comes from this guy that's giving them a hard time because he's come into the shop several times and said, this guy's told me where he's hunted. He's a dumbass because now that's my spot. Yeah. So, well, and we just had that in a mule deer area where I helped out a guy that just drew the tag and he I ran into him and helped him and then a few years later he said, "Hey, I'm going to hunt that again. Do you mind?" And I mm-hmm. said, "No, of course not. I'll give you a hand and do you mind if I bring a, a friend?" And I'm like, "No." And there was a according to my friend, a agreement made that the friend would not go back there unless the friend was there, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And lo and behold, the friend was not there a week ago, um, <laughs> but that guy was with two other buddies. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand I've had people, I don't, I don't remote, I don't, I've had one bad, um, uh, well, on, on me where I hunted like two ridge lines or two trailheads down from where a guy showed me. I only hunted it for two days. It was actually with Tim Gillingham. And that guy, he hates me. And I can understand why. I mean, I'm not going to try to explain to him like, oh, man, we weren't close to where you were. I actually had a line where – but I I did go to a spot that was two miles from mm-hmm. where that guy was at. And I, I probably shouldn't have done that. And, that. and that was like 10 years ago. And that was kind of a big don't ever do that again because, you know, I lost a friend over it. And uh, I certainly was trying to stay as far away as I could. And I only went in there because I was trying to get Tim and Elk. But there is kind of a – unwritten rule that gets broken constantly Mm -hmm. when it comes to that shit which is why we're so secretive we lie about everything that guy was at the bha thing remington was telling me because we were lying about where we were going Mm -hmm. well he i guess he believed the lie so then he was telling everyone he ran into us there and we've never been there in our lives (laughs) and and, uh, he was saying he ran into this back there um us yeah and we've never been there. Um, and he's like, yeah, I ran into him back there. We, we shot the shit, whatever. And 
the guy that is in the know called me and he's like, dude, you've never been there, have you? I'm like, no, fuck no. I just made that shit up. Mm -hmm. But according to that other guy, he ran into us back there. People are weird. Yeah, people are weird. (laughs) Yeah, like that. uh, I have a pretty decent mule deer and uh, like elk spot kind of on the same thing in Wyoming, like where I killed that big deer last year. And there's been a few people would be like, oh, that kind of looks like this terrain. And I'm like, no, it's down in, it's down. And I just like name an area. Dude, I've never <laughs> been there before. Like, I don't know. But it's like, uh, you, you have to do that. Otherwise, especially in there, like I, it's not really tough access. It's just a place that nobody thinks to look. I and, think, I think the point of it all is we're not trying to keep these spots mm-hmm. for ourselves or being stingy with them, but we've put in the work to find them is the point. Yeah. And people, you know, a lot of people like to skip that process. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. talk to uh, Rogan after all about that, about what I, he said? I, I haven't talked to Rogan about that, but it, how many spots I would say three are totally blown out inadvertently by me by a couple photos. And I've just never been that way. You know, like I know where South hunts, but I'm not going to go in there. I mean, if you yeah. um, invited me, I'd go in there. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just never try not to be that way because it does it is kind of screwy or whatever um well, i think we all know that what it takes to find a good spot so that's probably why we wouldn't do it yeah yeah yeah, pro- yeah. yeah that would definitely be it you know i, I whitetail hunters i mean nothing when i say that guys from back east ask for info most of them are super cool they're like hey just give me kind of a general pointer but it, it's it's a different mentality whitetail hunting because most of it's private yeah. um not all of it obviously there's plenty of public but there's a I mean, how much public land would you say is in Nebraska? Mm. Which isn't nearly as bad as Iowa. But No, there's a pretty decent section in the northwest corner, but it's, I mean, there's hardly anything out there. Yeah. Um, and I've wanted some walk-in access only yeah. areas, and there's some, it seems like with a bow, and it's getting worse now, at one time you could get permission anywhere, and now yeah. it's not quite as easy, but, you know, the thing that people don't understand is, is um, I guess the way I look at it from a Western perspective is if I give you hunt my honey hole for elk, why aren't you inviting me on your 10,000 acre farm yeah. to hunt whitetails? For sure. Um, yes, one is public land, but it it, it is expensive and in, 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 especially in labor to find good areas. Even though it is public land, it's still a pain in the ass to find animals. Yeah, but. they just want, they kind of want shortcuts and mm-hmm. just, you know, and then, like, I gave a guy a little bit of a tip. Just it was like a leftover deer unit that he, he picked up. And um, I gave a couple of guys kind of the same tips. But one of them was from back east, and and he was just freaking out because he wasn't seeing deer. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's not a good unit to, to start with. And, I mean, I I can't just give spots because, you know, it's, it's just like a, a shortcut thing. And when I started hunting public, like, when I was, I still lived in Nebraska and like I was going to Wyoming. I just, we like drove through this section of Wyoming and I was like, oh, it looks cool. Like that's where I want to hunt. And, um, so like I got a map and just like figured it out. Like people just want to skip that and it, it kind of sucks. And I'm even hesitant to ask for, to ask for help. Even like, you know, some of the mule deer stuff asking you guys for help. I'm just like, yeah, Almost but hate it, to. it's it's different though when you're, I I mean when I say it's different, meaning I'm not gonna have any issue asking you for help because we're friends. If I need it, mm-hmm. I mean generally though we have time off, so it's a little bit that we can drive and scout or whatever. But um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't look at it bad. If it's a friend, I don't. I look at it, mm-hmm. I guess differently. If it's a total stranger, um, I look at it a lot differently when it's yeah. a total stranger. <laughs> but so, what are you running for gear now? I know you ch- you test out a ton of stuff and write reviews. Mm-hmm. Give us a lowdown on some of your favorite items. Oh Lord, um, let's see, dude. The puffy pants have been life changing to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're nice. Yeah. Um, Does your butt get cold? Else? See, I don't have yeah. a butt, so it doesn't get too cold. If there's a little <laughs> junk in the trunk, it gets colder. Frank, how about yours? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Man. What the heck? I, uh, my feet are what yeah. kill my feet and my hands. My body doesn't really get cold, but your feet got cold in Alabama too, didn't they? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's bad, like nubs. <laughs> it's just hard freaking staying warm when you're sitting in one spot, mm-hmm. especially like in a tree stand. You can't even move... I mean, you can get up and, like, walk in circles. Like, I was, like, kicking my feet back and forth the other day trying to freaking warm them up. But Yeah, it's like you flex your toes back and forth and it doesn't do shit, <laughs> but you think it's helping, so you keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, that is false hope because I've, like, wiggled my toes and, like, just, like, moving my feet around and it doesn't do shit. I got to walk <laughs> and even still it'll take an hour before they feel right or whatever. The, the big thing is with – um white i mean drawing the fucking bow when you've been sitting that long like i've always gotten and i've hunted with like an idiot 85 pounds with a white tail bow but there is one time when i had sat forever and it was one of those things where i was doing like plyometrics trying to flex and a deer came in and i my bicep cramped and i was like and i'm like oh "Oh my god what's wrong with me and i finally got the bow back who knows what's going to happen with the recurve i ordered this muff thing the hand oh yeah yeah dealio and quarterback uh, yeah and i'm hoping that'll because i can keep a hot hand in there with my finger tab and then you know whatever we'll see a lot of this is in theory i haven't tried it yet we'll see what happens (laughs) that's what that lost park parka is badass for is because it's like that in front but it's a little loud for For especially if you're getting in as close as as you are so what's some of your more favorite stuff oh god come on this is a loaded it's such a loaded question i've really liked uh those Chris or yeah, the crispy Brickstool boots. Yeah, I've been liking those. I'm taking those with me on this hunt for sure because it's 200 grams insulation, and hopefully it'll help a little bit. Um, and if not, I guess that sucks. I actually one thing I really liked is your guys's uh oh the quilt the new quilt. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really think I would, and then I freaking love that thing. Like the be- body bag thing or the quilt thing. Uh, the, the quilt thing. Yeah. yeah, I use the I use the body bag, but that's more of like a summertime. Yeah, it's deal. gonna be warmer for yeah. sure. It does help as far as like I'll zip it over me mm-hmm. um, with my clothes on because it works pretty good as a wind blocker. But mm-hmm. yeah, for clothing wise, what? Because um, you you've used Sitka and First Light both, haven't you? Yeah, I kind of like sticking to sticking to those. They just work best for me. Um, the I've been using the new women's like the Sitka Timberline pants. And I've worn the Timberlines for, I mean, like the last few years or whatever, just in the men's, but the women's just has a little bit better cut. And it, I was afraid that it was going to be super tight, like around my legs and stuff. And it just, you know, a lot of those cuts aren't, you know, they're made by girls that are like size one, but. I get that problem with the men's clothing. Mm-hmm. Obviously most hunters must be skinny because they don't fit me very well. <laughs> Not everything. And uh-huh. then the butt and it's bad. You yeah. got Frank's on the other end. You got giant quads and <laughs> you got fat legs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, but up like we're only what ten pounds apart. I'm about one eighty eight right now. Don't fucking lie to me. 
<laughs> no, I'm about 188 right now. Uh, yeah, and I'm right, like right at 200. But mm-hmm. I'm on the border of a large XL, and you fit in most stuff in a large, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's the clothing thing. It's hard for me to order anything online without trying it on, just because I there's certain I hate it when you get what I call the warm Walmart look, where you got mm-hmm. like an extra 44 inches hanging off the back of a t-shirt <laughs> where it's super baggy or uh-huh. whatever. It drives me crazy so certain like the Sitka Timberline pants fit me really well but if I wear well the old Timberlines didn't but um some of their other pants I don't know it still looks like I shit my pants like the butt is just too long because I don't have one so that doesn't work out for me the Piranha Zions work good you like those too yeah. mm-hmm. you wear those yeah a little bit yeah what do you guys have on today you're wearing Sitka is that a fanatic jeans oh that's the heavyweight core Oh, gotcha. We're going to take a brief pause for a second, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we're back. Sorry. My wife came in to meet Jordan. Amy, say hi. 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 She didn't want to actually talk, so her mic's not plugged in. But what were we talking about? I think some of the clothing stuff. Yeah. So, Leigh, what's what's some of your favorite pieces? Um, I like the new First Light stuff, like the Fuse, I think, is the Fuse, and then the Wick is the super light stuff. Um not gonna lie, I wear that stuff like in the men's sizes because the women's like extra large is like a small. That's in what real we were life. talking about was the yeah. fat fact that uh, in most cases is not built according. It's built for tiny people. Yeah. Oh, Frank, yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. The sizing on first size weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's playing, checking his poll, dude. He's playing on his phone. Mm-hmm. How is the poll going? Let me check. What poll did you do? I said, is Dana a basic white girl? <laughs> oh. And 80% think yes. <laughs> and then 20% think no. Oh, good Lord. Oh, I got about 150 um, votes so far. Oh, Jeez. man. Or 250, sorry. Good Lord. So what um, with the uh, like future or whatever, I know you talked about getting more you know, land possibly mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, are you, how many people, different people are you filming for now? Do you have anybody that's like concrete from year to year? Or are you kind of just whoever gets a hold of you? It's more of the filming wise, it's kind of whoever gets a hold of me. Um, I've got a couple of editing things where I'm editing some, some shows that's more concrete. That makes it a little nicer. At least when I get episodes done, I can send an invoice and get money back, you know, decently. We might have to recruit Jordan for a couple of our hunts next year. Yeah. That would be awesome. We talked about it. How long ago did I talk to you about that? Is that a month? Dang. Oh, yeah. That was with you and Jordan Squared? Yep. Yeah. You were driving. We were. We were. It was rainy. Moving home. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. About a month ago. Having you help us out on redoing the videos for the YouTube and then whatever else we can have you join Mm -hmm. in. That's the biggest problem is somebody that you can trust that won't give away your spot and somebody that's not a pussy. Um, Usually don't find both very well, uh, very easily. It's pretty Mm -hmm. hard to sell to say, hey, you're going to come star for 14 days and pack around a camera and uh, there's lightning and oh by the way you can't talk about this and when you edit it you got to make sure and cut everything out or we're going to be super pissed off at you uh-huh. I do most of the talking but Frank might tell him that maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh lord uh, we, what are we we're planning on we're trying to figure it out yesterday what we're doing for next year mm-hmm. um, it's pretty full now and we haven't even actually tried to do too much you're, you're going to yeah. try to go to Nevada I think we might both might I don't nice. know if I'll be able to fit it in because my goal next year is killing an antelope. 
Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So I know I'll be retiring that fucking ground blind with a piece of wood in my hand. Mm-hmm. I think you get the right ground blind, though. You get her done pretty quick. Yeah, the problem this year was Alex and I drove out the day before season. We're like, ah, oh, that looks like a place antelope would go and throw up a ground blind. And so mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of pre-planning. I, I will say, which I haven't, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast. You saw the photo. So when I get in the blind, I pop all my shit out of my pack and I take a photo of the setup, right? And then I go to look at the um, the scale, right, to see how what the lighting is and I'll be goddamn, there's a live antelope in that photo. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. So I'm, you know, as sneaky as I can trying to lower the camera down and I'm looking up. And what it was is I had one of those big um, 360s or whatever. And yep. I had it blocked out really well so you couldn't see. But in the front is the water hole. And I got a, a little buck and a doe decoy. And then to the right, um, there's a real live antelope and I'm like Mm -hmm. mother and at that point in time it's looking at me and I'm like man I really dick the dog here like (laughs) usually because of noise and everything I try to get that taken care of when you first pop in a ground blind well I didn't know Alex when he left had drove to do a big loop and see what he could find and one ran across the road in front of him over towards me so I have no idea how where that antelope was because it took 30 seconds before I even looked at the picture of me getting my chew out and grabbing my spot, <laughs> my in reach because I was messaging you. And then I go to look at the photo and I'm like, huh, that's not a decoy. I wonder if it's still there. And I'm like looking up like, oh, God, I'm glad this isn't on film and nobody can see this. This is like a screw up of all screw ups that I wasn't ready. I don't have an arrow knocked. Was it in range? Yeah, it was like 23 yards away in range. It was right in front of me. And I had a wide angle. I shot it with that 16 to 35. So for me to see it clearly in that, you know, it was close. So Mm -hmm. by the time I get my shit together, it's at like 38. And it's it's not digging on the decoy. I'm sure it ran right in. And then it's like, oh, why is that decoy blowing Mm -hmm. back and forth a little bit? This is weird. And uh, I took a shot at it at 40, and I would have smoked it. But, I mean, it was three feet from my arrow. And that was really the only... Shot I had all year. Um, oh man! I haven't told that story because I just didn't want to. It's depressing. <laughs> but yeah, it was hilarious. I, I, you know, click on the camera and I'm like, "There's a live antelope in that. That's not good. I wonder if it's still there." And I kind of look up, being sneaky, like I just did something wrong, and I don't want to get yelled at. And I'm like, "Motherfucker, it's standing right there." <laughs> I really screwed this up. And that's after I don't know how many times I send that blind. Probably five days to twelve hours. I mm-hmm. mean, a long time. I was in my underwear in there, like looking like Ace Ventura. It was hot, hot. It was it was bad. And then opening day, um, seven in the morning, a tank comes in behind me. The one place I didn't think they would come, and so that blind window's closed, and my mm-hmm. back's to it. And I just happened to you know do the little peak crack, and I look, and twenty some yards right behind oh, me, God. and I am trying to reposition, but it's moving. And it comes up to where the one spot where it entered where I didn't think it would, which is where my wind was bad, um, which was, you know, more or less to my back left. And then it ran away and shit on my dreams. And I didn't see another (laughs) antelope and I sat there all day. Um, Mm -hmm. It was horrible. Um, So I'm planning on doing that again next year. Yay. That was a plan. But what do you got going on? Um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do next year for sure. Um, Probably, I think we're going to try to get Jordan an antelope with her bow. That's one thing she... She's, like, obsessed with antelope. I don't know now that she's smelt them, but she just thinks they're super cool. Um, But uh, we're going to try to do that for sure. And then I think we're both going to put in for deer and probably elk in Wyoming just because I'm super familiar with that spot. And and, I thought about doing some 
trying to put in for Colorado again. Probably another unit. Yeah. I'm going to say. Potentially. Um, yeah. If you draw that well, one this time, though, I can tell you um, a little bit better where to go. Yeah. Um, I think, though, if you drew that unit again, um, I could probably redirect you a little bit better to where all the people are not. Are not. But it it is um, the backpack hunting is not like the way of to get away from people anymore like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how far you go, it seems like you still run into someone. In case of Frank, he ran into 15 half-naked hikers. How many was Nuh-uh. in that group? Oh, I remember this, those. This summer? Yeah. Oh, God. There was probably about 15. <laughs> It, and then I had on my side the day before season. Was it the day before? Fuckers rolling boulders off right to where the deer bed. It was an interesting season. Um, and you know we we ran into all we ran into. I had seven hunters around me. Frank only had two um, or three, but then hikers. There was and the weird thing was is I was with uh, Wesley Omni's brother, the guys I just ran into back mm-hmm. there, and we've got one buck that big three by four. And Wesley was like, man, go ahead. You can kill it. I, I don't want to shoot that one. Uh, I'm going to wait. And when they got to the summit, they yelled, the hikers. And that buck <laughs> pulled. And this is, what, is that a mile from the it's, end of that hole? It's a big basin, yeah. It, it's, it literally, and it was in the far left as you're facing down. It pulled nine bucks all at one time, gathered them up, and got out of there. And I'm like. It's depressing. Oh, yeah. And then other times they yell, they don't do anything. But I guess he, there was a pitch of that dude that that fucking deer didn't like because it got out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I literally was in one of the most killable spots and just whatever, bad luck. Man, that sucks. Like I talked to Cody a couple times um, back there, just kind of went over to their camp and they were taking off and we're just talking to all of them. And he was telling me one spot, he's like, yeah, go back here. And there's this basin and like Aaron's been in there. Well, like I, and then he started telling me like which basin it was. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, Aaron says he doesn't want to go back in there again. Why the <laughs> hell do I want to go in there? It, it, no way. It For a mule deer, it's a little more doable, but mm-hmm. we packed an elk out of there in one trip, two guys. It was it was bad. And the thing that's more bad about that and good is it is, well, you went in there with me, and it is one of the most epic-looking basins, yeah. but it is the easiest to get blown out. So... It's a it's a pinch point basin where I'd say no matter who comes in or out, if you're in or in there or or coming in or out, there's not going to be an animal left. So it's been left alone in the case of like when we went in there. There's I don't know how a ton mm-hmm. of elk and deer, but when you if you drop in from the top, there's only one way to get there, and you're exposed. Anything from any direction can mm-hmm. see you. So that's the only kind of bad side. I, I don't know. Did I explain that worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be hard to stalk a deer in there. Yeah. I tried to come from the bottom and shoot one and uh, literally ran up the hill. I left my pack, and, and it was right before dark. And I, making an approach from the bottom is certainly a, a last resort. I got 23 yards from it, and it was so steep, I couldn't freaking see it. Yeah, Because um, there was, like, little terrain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I peeked over around, and, and there it was, and it was, like, 20-some yards. And But it was so steep. Uh, Colton had me and the deer in the same frame on 70 power it was that close Jeez. and i still couldn't see the deer because making an approach from the bottom generally never pans out or it hasn't really ever panned out for me mm-hmm. but yeah what how big was that deer you shot a couple of years ago oh uh, we i scored him after we got him back from the taxidermist so he dried a little bit but he was like 188 and change yeah that was a big big deer did were you hiding behind cool. bales for that or how'd that play oh you out? mean the one that was the nebraska one 
Yeah. Yeah, he was 200. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, well, hold on. I'm forgetting one then. Tell both stories. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the uh, the Nebraska one was basically I was just home for like a week. Um, I took it off work just to, to be home kind of the first week of November and look for deer, kind of scouted out for some clients that we had coming in and then just kind of hang out with my family. And that big deer showed up. And, um, yeah, he was actually in a, he was in a canyon when I shot him, but there was just some canyons that came off of our meadow that had a bunch of bales on it. And uh, they'd been bedding down, like, in the middle of that, and there's just no way to get to get close enough to him when there's, like, freaking 18 does or 20 does or whatever. So finally they got in a canyon, and I got close enough and got him killed. And then that, the next year... Um, which was last year, 2017, in Wyoming. I, yeah. I shot a big deer in Wyoming. I've and that been watching all summer. Backpack hunt, right? Yeah. Yep. Were you by yourself for that? I was, yeah. That's what I thought. See, look at that. A real manly woman. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what, so how much have you, you've went on a few hunts with, um, Christy. Didn't you guys shoot a bear or something this year? Yeah. We went to, to Idaho. She had gone for quite like, I don't know, it was like 10 days or something, and it was just kind of eating at her, and she's like, I have a little time here, and you're no longer employed, so <laughs> do you want to uh, <laughs> do you want to come kind of fill in, fill in the gaps with the filming and try to get one shot? So we basically, I say we backpacked. I mean, you could see the trucks from where we were. We just went way up high and just camped like right by where we'd get a shot. Yeah. And uh, the next morning got up and went down to this point and we're just there for like I don't know we just made coffee right at the point and uh bear came out and uh I remember I was like are you it, it didn't I don't know I just couldn't tell like how big it was or whatever looking through a little camera so I was like hey are you gonna shoot it and she turned around and she's like oh, yeah I'm gonna shoot it <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny uh, yeah how big that bear was okay wasn't it yeah it was a female honestly I don't think we ever measured it or did anything we just took care of it and packed it all back yeah she's funny and I took off occasionally throw her on speaker when uh frank or amy's around just for the laughing of it um she says some funny shit oh How, yeah at what at what level of what day do you do you get to a point where you gotta like pump the brakes about christy can you hide in the tent for a day or two <laughs> we did a uh we, the hunt the longest time we've spent together is probably oh i don't know last year um for five days and She's fun. There's just a lot of energy. <laughs> There's a lot of energy in there. Oh, yeah. No, she's pretty uh, wow yeah, for she's, sound. She's awesome. She's a good friend. So She's funny. She's shooting an Obsession as well, right? Yeah, and that's kind of how I got uh, hooked up with Obsession. And they're like, well, we'd, we'd really be happy if you shot the fixation this year. So they sent it to me, and I kitted it up, and yeah. Yeah, you liking it though? Yeah, it's it's been all right. I shot a Hoyt before that, and uh, I think I definitely still have more confidence in my Hoyt. But shooting that elk with that bow really, really uh, helped me with the obsession. So yeah, yeah, it's all right. Did you shoot those Hades for all the different bucks that you've shot and, and everything else, or have you swapped around a little? Mm, I've swapped around a little bit. Um, I used to write and do some video stuff for SellFilm dot com, and one of the um, one of the sponsors was Grim Reaper. So I just, like, I got all that stuff for free. And especially, I mean, when I got on with them, I was like freaking 17 or 18. So, you know, getting free stuff was like baller back yeah. then. Even, <laughs> even like a $30 pack of broadheads, right? Yeah. And uh, so I shot some of those expandables, but I 
just haven't really had good luck with them. I shot that uh, that big deer in Nebraska with uh, Grim Reaper, the Fatal Steel. Yeah, and uh, it. I mean, it didn't even it didn't punch all the way through him. How'd that work for you, Frank? Five arrows mm-hmm. on a cow. <laughs> just oh, kidding. dude, it was bad. Uh, yeah, so I'd... I think one of the five opened for me on that. But anyway, no way. Yeah, I think they fixed them now. Um, they say I think they've improved on them. Mm-hmm. Well, this one didn't even really open until it got through the hide. <laughs> I want to be a baller. <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh Lord, have you heard that one? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have rap in Nebraska, you asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you uh, broadhead wise or whatever, how he- do you know how heavy your arrows are? They're like 430, between 430, 440. Yeah, so not too bad. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the problem with, I mean, how many pounds are you pulling? 60. Jesus, woman. Um, So, for, yeah, I mean, you could probably get away with a few mechanicals and, and be all right, but definitely a fixed blade is, this seems to me anyway, the way to go when you're in a little bit lower poundage and 430 is not low arrow weight, but it's it's not high by any I know. means. But. And that's, uh, I was going to ask you about that too before I left, like trying to, to get that thing a little bit more heavier, I think I would. I'm going to keep the same setup for one bow, and then build a different arrow setup for the other bow. Yeah, that's definitely that's not a bad way to do it. Um, I I always just you know pull the crap load of pounds so I could get away with anything. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the problem. Is um, well, Cody this year it happened. Did he tell you on no. the big deer? Huh? What did he say that was? Probably two ten. Yeah. Oh big, Jesus. Big and uh, he shoots a four hundred and ten grain arrow or something, mm-hmm. and. Uh, same thing that happened with me, you know, years ago. It, it was great until it wasn't, and then I never shot a light arrow again. But, I mean, I don't know, you at 60 pounds, what's your draw, like 26, 7? 27 and a half. So you're probably, with a 410, what are you at 260 with a 430? Dude, I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you. It, well, I'd have to run some numbers, but um, you'd probably be good to, like, stick with one bow with that set up for mm-hmm. maybe antelope and whatever, and then another bow, um, you know, with you know, a little bit more weight probably, and then maybe more of a cut on contact, um, you know, fixed blade head as well. But Mm -hmm. I mean, really, you're not a whole lot different. I mean, you're far and above a lot of the guys that hunt whitetails that are shooting mechanicals and 60 pounds, and Mm -hmm. which is why they don't ever get pass-throughs on a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, we could, we could run some numbers, but I don't, this is the first year Frank shot really heavy um, arrows, I think, right? Yeah, I I think the last year was like 480. This year was 560. Yeah. And I liked them. Nice. They're quite a bit slower. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I shot a mule deer was my thing, a mule deer and an elk, but a mule deer and it was bedded. And mm-hmm. um, I hit it kind of where I wanted to, but um, it was with the mechanical. And I don't know if it was because it was getting out of its bed and you had that shear of the muscle. But that father shear mucker me. went like, shear me. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. Oh, we're playing that. Um, the uh, the like the sheer, like where the muscle moved with the shoulder and it slowed, but it went in like four inches and that oh, just ran off. And it was Story a of your life, big deer. Oh, <laughs> four inches is not that Amy's bad. Pissed. I know. <laughs> oh Lord, the um, <laughs> oh, Frank just ordered the foot fetish obsession. The uh, <laughs> uh, is that what it's called? The fetish. No, the obsession. Fix, fixation. Fixation. Foot, foot fixation. Fetish, that's disgusting. <laughs> the foot fixation. I do have a friend that has a foot fetish, though. Awkward. I probably shouldn't bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> oh, well. He's it's one of our... my good friends from back home. Well, nobody it's knows It's fucking his weird. Name. 
Well, right. I mean, it's not like they're going to know which one. <laughs> yeah, you have more than one friend. Listen. It's not me, uh, and I'm his friend. <laughs> the, uh, I have a booby fixation. Amy said, Thanks. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Oh Lord, that's funny. But the uh, I shot an, an elk. Um, same kind of a thing, and and you could say it was like a a bad angle or whatever. But I chose to just go with a heavier weight where the angle didn't matter after that. Mm-hmm. And well, in the case of Frank's, you shot. In the butt, basically. What? In the butt. And it came out his <laughs> neck, your mule deer. I shot him in front of the right leg, sir. Where'd it hit? Right, right in front of the right, the right I leg. I mean, did you catch the rump a little? Mm, it, it barely cut the part of the thigh, but thigh, it, it, went, it went in front of the right leg. But mm-hmm. then it came out its neck, neck and you yeah. couldn't find it. And then, obviously, I mean, with the, the traditional combo, you know, I done some damage and then I shot an elk with a mechanical at a far distance and a super heavy arrow but and it went all the way to the knock I've just always had way better luck with heavier arrows especially when you get towards that border of an unethical ethical shot whether you Mm -hmm. consider you know shooting the gap between the shoulder and the neck is unethical or not you know when it's close that's a super lethal shot or or in the case of when you you just make a bad shot Mm -hmm. um and there there was a uh, post a guy, he wounded a whitetails on Facebook. I don't even know how I got on there reading it. Um, well, I know I got on there reading it. I'm always scrolling <laughs> through, but he had said, I think mechanicals were the the issue. Mm-hmm. And in, in the reality on certain setups, a mechanical actually on a bad shot is sometimes better than, <laughs> than a fixed. I'm not, I'm not advocating mechanicals mm-hmm. at all. I do like mechanicals for me because I shoot a lot of momentum, but a giant hole in the stomach is better than a small yeah. hole in the stomach. And But, you know, if you hit muscle, then a fixed blade is going to be better. So there's kind of pros and cons. But Broderick, he hates mechanicals. and Oh, he does? Lander does too. Yeah, both mm. of them hate them. And I kind of opened, you know, their eyes to what with a good setup. Good like setup, I man. basically blew a hole the size of a freaking football out of the one dough. Mm-hmm. But I'm also was at 85 pounds and a. 570 any green arrow so i'm going to go through you know anything where you start like if amy what do you how many pounds are you pulling 40 something uh, just 40. 40 so like if she hunted i'd probably have her shoot like a 475 grain arrow and a you know cut on contact mm-hmm. head and just keep her with inside of 40 yards for any shot and i wouldn't be worried about that at all um mm-hmm. you know as far as her getting enough penetration or whatever frank Gotcha. Penetration. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord. What's um, Jordan squared shooting? Oh, I don't, I don't know. She used to do some stuff for Bass Pro, so they kind of kicked her a bow. Um, yeah. I couldn't even tell you what it is. We, I have like a old Matthews I was going to set up for, for like a, just another, just like set another thing up. But we're going to, like, we've been listening to podcasts and, and stuff with you guys and talking about like the heavy arrows and different setups. And she's like, those are things I've never even thought of. So that's one thing she wants to get into more. Yeah. We're going to kind of reevaluate the setup and whatever. Well, if you, when you were asking, Amy was asking the other day, and I was trying to break a lot of this stuff down. If a Daewoo is going 100 and a semi is going 2, the day we was going to lose, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's just so much weight behind it. It's kind of the same principle for arrows. And, I mean, obviously there's um, a, a border for on both ends. You don't want to get too heavy to where it's, you know, like throwing a rock, but you mm-hmm. don't want it too light because 
for for lack of a better explanation, when it's a super light arrow, there's no momentum. The kind of all your your kinetic energy or momentum shoots out the back end. The arrow's so light, there's nothing pushing through it, mm-hmm. and that's where like a heavier arrow, heavy point weight kind of comes into play. Is it's carrying that momentum where kinetic energy used to be what every tried to tried to figure out, which didn't mean shit because you could have all the kinetic energy in the world, but if you didn't have the momentum behind it, it was kind of a moot point but 430s mm-hmm. is not not horrible i mean i think Corey jacobson he was talking about he hunts with a 425 grain arrow the problem with that is is again it works until it doesn't and yeah. then and then you kind of yeah what does henry use henry's like 395 or something wasn't he or something yeah. in that range yeah and he shoots a mechanical too yeah yeah, yeah. and again i yeah. i think that uh, as much as henry probably deny it um i have no i do not know why henry would not shoot an heavier arrow um, speed, I understand that, but he ranges everything. To me, there's no good argument for shooting a lighter arrow mm-hmm. if you can still get good speed with a, a heavier one with more momentum. But yeah, at this point, sure. I've made fun of Henry so much, and he's made fun of me. I don't think he would change for that reason right there. Yeah. <laughs> Out of principle. Yeah. Out of principle. Did you have any problems shooting slower this year? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it range everything, so. I yeah, I don't think there's any mm-hmm. issues. The yeah. uh, the heavier arrow setup like has always made sense to me. I guess um, I don't. I guess I don't know why. Just listening to stuff and dude, I came up like when you guys were just starting rock slide, and so I could look and see what all you guys were posting, and I was literally following that. Pretty see, now much. everyone's following you there. It's all it's come it's full circle. Weird. I know, and I hide from on there. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's okay. I don't blame you. Yeah, I try not to ever get on there. Yeah. In fact, when I say I try not to ever get on there, I, I never get on there, uh-huh. actually. Uh, occasionally, somebody will send me a link of that chuckle puppet from New Zealand or whatever. That asshole, I had to read about that guy. But for the most part, we, we try to stay off there. But, I mean, guys bring it up all the time. Like, I read all what you write on Rock Slide, and I'm like, well, that would be old stuff. I did write that <laughs> traditional article on there mm-hmm. last year. The In fact, I got to finish it. I think I'm on part four. And oh, um, I got to finish it up or whatever. But it was uh, amazingly enough, I'm speaking it to at uh, in Kalamazoo for the traditional for tr- traditional archery and then at CTAS here, which is crazy because um, – a lot of like the older generation did not like a lot of the things I had to say <laughs> with traditional archery. So I'm kind of curious how many people are pissed I'm speaking at those. But I, it, it'd be, I guess, the George Strait, Luke Bryant thing. Like all the old people mm-hmm. are like, Luke Bryant's gay. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's not country. George Strait's a man. So not that I like Luke Bryant, but I guess they probably look at it that way because I'm talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what I'm going to talk about on the one at CTAS. We'll see, but the one in Kalamazoo. What does I'm CTAS stand for? Colorado Traditional Archery Society. Is that what you're missing sheep show for? Yes. What the it hell, is. man? And I'm pretty happy about that. I bet you are. Amy's laughing right now. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm not going to the sheep show, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not for me. I remember I walked up to you like last time and we were kind of BSing. You're just like. I just, I just don't like it here. <laughs> I just don't like groups of people. Everybody gets fucked up drunk, and I don't drink. Especially, yeah. well, and let's, let's just chronologically go over my experience at the show. Uh, there was a full out about as close to a brawl as you could get between another company that starts with K and then Cryptic and Kafaru. And then Clegghorn, because he hadn't had enough that night, and I beat the shit out of each other. During the freaking the banquet. banquet, 
Yeah, so it, I mean, it hasn't gone. And then last year, I tried to kill us all driving back. Um, yeah, yeah, I that saw was that. Not, yeah, that was not good. Yeah, he so, saved. He saved it though. Yeah, I'm a good driver. I'm like Rain Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so me going is just not. I have to get better about going in public, but I'm not very good at it. Not not in stuff like that. Yeah. I need, a, I need my clothes. I need like a, what do they call that room? Panic room? Panic room. Yeah, I need a panic bubble. <laughs> like a it's hard to get away from people there. Yeah, it is. It's it's bad, super bad. Mm-hmm. It's a, the ATA show was bad too, and I probably should make a showing at that, but yeah, it's a definite maybe. <laughs> Frank was a definite no. You didn't want to go, didn't you? I'm going to sheep show. I can't go to ATA. Is it at the same time? Yep. Are you sure? No. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> no, different not times. really. Yeah, I don't. I think they're at different times. You got to get rid of the bedazzled pants for ATA. ATA. Uh-huh. Oh, Father Mucker and man, the tap out shirts. Yeah, yep. I don't remember tap out shirts. Affliction. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna be wearing affliction shirts now. Wasn't that a bracket thing? Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He fucked that up. Do you know that's So a- Amy's not in the hunting world, but she has to listen to Frank and mm-hmm. I. So it was him and his cameraman. And he shot oh, a deer, yeah. and then another deer came out, and he was already being an asshole to his he cameraman, and he's like, you're fucking tagging that one, and he shot another one, and then the cameraman got mad at him and turned him in. Turned him in, yeah. And he was a dick to his cameraman. Don't um, piss off your cameraman or woman. Or woman. Your cam- oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you go with us, I'm going to be very nice to you and feed you <laughs> treats, and I'll get the water. Excuse me, ma'am. I believe I will upgrade now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Hey, I was going to ask you about this, but I'm not going to. You shut that off. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the, the, uh, the, um, yeah, the upgrade thing did not help that guy. At all. I guess he had pissed a lot of people off already. It mm-hmm. seemed like I don't really watch the hunting TV stuff. So mm, neither I do pay I. Attention, but. And I make it yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Some of it. <laughs> Who You filmed for Folk Rod down on Tiburon, didn't you? Yeah, we were on Tiburon. That was for Best of the West. He was doing some stuff with them, and I think that's also fallen through since then. But um, yeah, we were on Tiburon. That was, that was pretty fun. Did you experience. take the little pangos across? Heck yeah, we did. Yeah. The military took us across. There's like those guards or whatever on Tiburon and yeah. they like came over and took Heck us yeah. over. Yeah. Did uh, somebody probably, I'm sure you had a Hispanic kind of helper outer guy. I'm pretty sure you probably had 20 of them, but you had probably had one that you met in uh, Kino yeah. Bay. Mm-hmm. And then they, did they help you out from there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're all pretty nice. I yeah. got really sick and tired of having freaking refried beans for... Oh, I told Everything. him. It was, I, well, so I don't, I'm not a refried bean. So my gallbladder is not the greatest. And uh, so ham, not so much. Mayo, never, never mm-hmm. mayo. Refried beans, no. So my request was simple, peanut butter and jelly. You can't fuck that mm-hmm. up. I mean, it's a food of all cultures. We had, an, and this is backpacking in, spam on fucking mayo oh, and bread. And I was like, oh my <laughs> Send me to Tiburon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was funny. Cause there, and there's no water on that damn island to speak of. There's a couple springs, but it's, uh, water is a problem. Yeah. It was crazy. Just like walk 10 feet and you're freaking sweating through everything already and, and it was funny, like, with the sandwich thing you were talking about, we got up and they made us, like, a peanut butter and jelly and then just, like, a sandwich with mayo, like, regular. And then I remember I walked out and there was, like, the 
big ass jar of mayonnaise that was like oh. yeah just been sitting outside and i was like holy shit i think i'm just gonna stick with the peanut butter and jelly from now <laughs> yeah, on i'm a pb and j guy <laughs> um and you can't you can buy that anywhere right like goober yeah. grape and what is it what's the one jiffy Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, in white bread, lots of white. Now they did have good breakfasts, and then uh, did you eat at the seafood place that's right on the bay? Yeah, there? holy yep. shit, that was good. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was a little sketchy is that when they brought us water, they already had the lid unscrewed, which made me that's feel scary. they were just filling up old water bottles. <laughs> um, so I was a little nervous about that, but I didn't get the shits, so I was happy, um, which I was worried about it because in that part of the world you can get. The run's pretty easy. Yeah, we we made it through pretty good. And then I was in Sonora filming a, another hunt, like in, it was actually the spring before I quit, but um, we did that and like, so we're walking around and I tripped on a stick, like mm-hmm. in the middle of this two track road thing, like tripped on a stick and just ate shit and it was embarrassing. And then that night we got back and they're like, hey, the, the Mexican guy's like, that girl almost stepped in a mountain lion trap. I was oh. like, what? And it was that stick was covering it. Oh. So I tripped on the stick. I was like, what the hell? That's not cool. No. <laughs> There's no warning. freaked us out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Dude, what were you, What was the hunt for that for down there? That was Desert Sheep. Desert? Yep. Who was that for? Um, That was just for one of the hosts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of one of the partial owners of Best of the West. Yeah. How was it well, hanging out with Bob? It was good. He's funny. He jokes around a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets around pretty dang good for 70, I, whatever. I tell you what's crazy is so, you know, rewind to 96, probably mm-hmm. um, 97. And uh, before I was into archery, but I was into archery, meaning I, I was enamored by bow hunting, Bob Folkrod and uh, Dan Fitzgerald. And then uh, the guy from Colorado, he had a video called uh, Cowboy in Africa. Um, I remember Bob Folkrod, he was shooting in. It wasn't an Oneida. It was uh doesn't really matter. It was mm-hmm. a horrible small wheel bow with the <laughs> big metal teardrops, and he'd missed like a black bear, a brown bear, a couple times, and said something about thank God for a quiet bow. And then Dan Fitzgerald was cooking steaks on his tree stand platform, and uh, then he did, which is a super smart aluminum foil, and he put carrots, potatoes, steak, uh, onions, wrapped it up, put it on the manifold. And then drove four hours later. He had a manifold feast, is what he called it. It's pretty damn smart. Um, but those uh, those three, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, yeah, but he had PSC did a video called Cowboy in Africa with him, and uh, that was kind of like what got me into to, to hunting. And then Bob's went to a rifle since then, or whatever. But he was one of those you know, originals, or one of the very few video and hunts way back then. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Phil Phillips. I don't know if you know him. Mm -mm. He's a guide and outfitter here in Colorado. But he was one of the, you know, they all hung out together. That was kind of, but that was, you know, 27 13s or 20 or 23 15 arrow, big five inch veins and shit and everything. Uh Overdraws, like six inch overdraws. (laughs) It was, it was crazy back then. But if you could get a bow back, well, so in 2000, one or two, I'm thinking there was a PSC Carrera, a Hoyt Viper, um, a striker or two. There was like a and 320, 315 was fast. And 320 mm-hmm. or 330 was like the six-inch brace height, horrible shooting, super short bows. And then technology now, <laughs> what's an average speed, 340? Like I think for all the say, new bows, yeah. yeah. So you figure 15 to years or so, 
we've only gained speeds of 15 to 20 feet mm-hmm. per second. We were talking about this the other day. Technology has not changed that much. Past parallel limbs, string stop, and then roller guard cable deals. Those are those have been a big improvement, but there isn't that much different. But with those guys, it was the you know, basically shooting a recurve. I mean, there was mm-hmm. round wheels. It was pretty crazy back then. But maybe shooting a Jennings. Yeah. Jennings was the shit back then. Um, <laughs> Browning, like Olmer shot Browning forever. Mm-hmm. Browning was huge. And uh, Jennings was a big one. High Country. Uh, Burley Hall, which was crushing everybody in tournaments. Tom Crow was another one who's an Oregon guy. One of those guys that broke the mold of good form. He was probably 5'10", <laughs> shot a 30-inch draw, 80 Jeez. pounds with a trigger at the end of his finger. What? Um, yeah, he's one of those guys. He's one of those... You could use Tom Crow as an example. Well, he did it, and I'm like, well, he's the one, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know why I'm talking about all this, but I'm old, you're young, I guess. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Were they shooting fingers with their compounds back then? Folkrod was, but then um, Fitzgerald was shooting a release, and it. Uh, do you know Dan Fitzgerald? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Fuck, I'm old. You? Mm. I think I've heard his name, but I don't know. I couldn't. He was the shit back then, you assholes. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Um, what year was that? You got a point. So you probably two. four. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you got it. So, and then I was in elementary school. Yeah, um, I used to watch a lot of Wayne Carlton videos back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was when we were at the. I hate to say this. Um, where were we at? At the. It was the uh, Colorado Bow Hunters. Yeah. And Wayne CBA. Carlton was there. And Dana didn't know who he was. Oh, I about yeah. smacked the shit out of her. And I'm like, this is what's wrong with the industry today. Mm-hmm. She didn't know Larry D. Jones. She didn't know anyone, <laughs> but she fucking knows Eric Chester and Zach Griffiths. Yeah. But she didn't know anybody that yeah, kind of got it all started, which is just how, I mean, life works now no, in the industry. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. You got the film full card. Do you think you'll do anything else with them? Cool. I did. Uh, uh, last fall, we were in New Mexico on a muzzleloader elk hunt, and we saw one bull elk. In like freaking eight days, oh, and good Lord. he shot it, and we lost it. So oh, shit. <laughs> that's that's how that goes. How where'd he hit it? It looked really good on camera. He was bedded underneath a tree, and uh, we, I mean, we were like ninety yards from the thing, and he he shoots it, and the bull rolls over and puts his feet in the air and is like kicking. Yeah. And so I like zoom out on the camera, and he's like trying to get her reloaded whatever yeah and next thing i know the thing freaking stands up and just like runs away that's oh shit so and we found a little bit of blood where he was and that was uh that was all that was that Mm -hmm. good lord so what all did you film last year Oh man, um, digging that memory bank. I know you're young. It seems that brain so is not ago. full yet. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so long ago. Um, I think I did two sheep hunts, or three sheep hunts maybe, and then, uh, God, what else did we do? I did another. I had done another desert sheep hunt that last spring. Um, good Lord, uh, there's got to be elk hunts and. Stuff you're forgetting. Probably just, yeah. Where were the sheep hunts at? Uh, Wyoming. Yeah. We pretty much do everything horseback. Yeah. And it's not, I mean. Are you a horsewoman? Hell no. Yeah, I'm not a horseman. (laughs) You don't know all the knots and shit and how to put the panniers on? You just hop on like I do? Yeah, I just watch and I film some stuff and then I get on and go. Like, I grew up with horses just, you know, being on the ranch, but I always hated them. More of a four-wheeler person. What, um... As far as the uh, filming goes, what are you running for camera gear? 
I've got the Sony 7S II right now with a 24 to 105 or 24 to 70, the F4. That's probably what I use the most. Yeah. I think that's a pretty decent. I kind of wish I would have like the 24 to 105 again, mm-hmm. but that's pretty decent, especially like if you're shooting in 4K and whatnot. And then um, I've got the 70 to 200 2.8 Canon on a, a Sony A7 III. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I got right now. Are you looking at what would you get if you could? Oh man, I think like uh, the A7S3 that's going to come out is going to be pretty cool. I haven't even seen stats on it, but they say they all say it's coming out. It's got to be soon. Yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, I'm not sure what else. Like I've got the the Hubble and a little Canon G7X Mark II that I can film through for digiscoping and yeah, for longer I, range I got, stuff. I got her one like that. Not mm-hmm. not with the Hubble. We haven't gotten to that level yet. Mm-hmm. She's still hooked on the phone thing. She can't yeah. she can't not take it. She's and me being a photo snob at the end of one of her trips because Amy does real estate and and she she works for uh, St James Sporting Properties, so it's like bigger properties and mm-hmm. some of them are fucking far, and so she'll take video you know photos of her quest for the day, and she's like, here's this one, and I'm looking at it like. That could have been a great photo. That's a fucking horrible photo. I don't say that. <laughs> Love you. Um, but, I'm, <laughs> but now she's here. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's all on on her phone. But for I have a hard time sometimes taking the camera everywhere. Not yeah. on hunts, obviously it's on me. But there's certain times where there's photos I should have a camera on me at all times. I've got to get better at that. Um, I mean, we took photos of that bull the other day, but we had the camera. We were looking for for elk. Yeah. But there is a lot of photo opportunities, but I'm not a professional photographer. That's what I would do if I wasn't wearing a kafaru, but it's hard to pack that heavy bastard around all the time. Well, it's my dad gives me shit for it all the time because I don't carry it around everywhere. And I'm like, well, like when we're at home doing stuff, like we went to my sister's graduation in the spring and he's just like, what, you don't have your camera? I'm like, Jesus, do I have to take it bring it everywhere with me? You yeah, know what I mean? You should have told me. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. How old's your sister? High school graduation or college? Uh, high school. So she's 18, 19? Yeah, she's 18. And then I have a middle one that's 22, I think. Uh, yeah, 22. Yeah, you get along with them? Yeah. Yeah, we get Don't along. Don't lie. It's all right. Yeah, we, <laughs> believe it or not, we get along. We get along pretty good. We don't, like, I wouldn't say we're super close. Like, we don't talk all the time, but, yeah. but. Uh, do they do, are they outdoorsy at all, or did no. you suck up all that out of the gene pool? I think pool? I sucked all of it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alice likes to call coyotes, but hasn't really gotten back into it. Yeah. And, um, as she's gotten older and into boys and stuff. Oh, that'll screw it up. Yeah. So. That's what's going on there. The middle one's married, and yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Frank, anything to add? As long as she hunts coyotes, she's all right in my book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Oh, Lord. Well, we should probably hop off here and go back and get some work done today, but I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for everything you do with Kafari. We appreciate all the feedback and promotion. Thanks for all the help you guys. We'll have to plan some sort of hunt next year. Yeah. That'd be super fun. We could do it the fun thing about hunting at home is it's like a like you talk about all the time after doing like mountain hunts. Yeah, it's a good unwind and it's still whitetail hunting, but it's like it's open enough you can spot and stalk, ambush, do stuff like that instead of just sitting in the stupid tree all the time. And we've are you, got are you uh, are you booking hunts for next year or for 2019? Yeah. Yep. Well, let's just do that. Well, that's what we'll talk about when we get off the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs>